with teeth, like you can fall. Your kid, your newborn can, and it's happened a hundred thousand times, which is why I say it, pop his head up and hit you right in the bottom of the chin and smash your veneers. You know, some people like drinking out of glass bottles, the amount of glass bottles that have just tinged the front tooth. I mean, I could give you a million examples. Hi, Kirby. Hi, Sarah. Welcome, Welcome to, to Los Angeles. Welcome, Glamgelinos. We hope you stay a while. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Having a lot of dental work as a child, I really do appreciate a smile that's just not even perfect in terms of like the teeth lining up, but like perfect for someone's face. Does that make sense? Totally. And I think, you know, being here in L.A., Los Angeles, Hollywood, that Julia Roberts smile. Oh, God. Uh, Julia Ro And that's the thing. Julia Roberts does not have perfect teeth. Right. Like if you asked any dentist, they probably would not be using Julia Roberts as like the example of perfect teeth. That's true. But she has an incredible smile that works for her face. Exactly. Because they are unique to her. You cannot just cut Julia Roberts' teeth out and put it on me. It would not look right. But we do appreciate that Hollywood smile. There's a Hollywood smile. And I feel like that's evolved. Like, I'm trying to imagine if, like, a fully veneered Julia Roberts would not be as charming. You know what I'm saying? Totally. If she had perfect, all aligned, perfectly symmetrical teeth, like some of these these celebrities are getting lately, like, it just wouldn't be as charming and cute and, like, loving. Like, I was so bummed when Dakota Johnson filled in her gap. Oh, I know. I was going to say, like, Jewel. Remember Jewel? Uh, Jewel's teeth. Yes. Perfect for Jewel. Perfect for Jewel. You know what I'm saying? Listen, we understand that dental care in this country, it's effing expensive. It is totally a privilege. It's which is a not right. Agreed. And not to bring it back to Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. But I could not stop laughing about how tone deaf this charity organization was named. And I know I'm not the only one. In our most recent episode, Dorit is on the board of this charity, which does good work, but it's called Homeless Not Toothless. Stop. Sarah, it's called Homeless Not Toothless. No, Kirby. I know. And she didn't create this charity. She just got on the board because Sharon Stone asked her to be on it because they were neighbors at one point. But then they held this fundraiser, which all hell broke loose. Lisa Rinna screaming at Sutton Strack. It was a whole ordeal. And then Melissa Etheridge comes out and performs. And everyone's like, what in God's name is going on here? Okay. It was iconic that Melissa Etheridge was there. But you're also like, this is for a charity called Homeless, not Toothless. It's not even politically correct to say homeless anymore. It's like the unhoused people without housing, people without homes. Correct. All things that like normal people may in their head be like, that's probably not it. And when it came out that that was the name, 
half of the housewives were like dying laughing, like, no, there's no way that this is the name of this charity. They have to change the name of this charity at this point because the name takes away from the good work they're doing because what they're doing is they're helping people who are unhoused, who are maybe struggling to do normal things like eat, get jobs, things of that nature. They're giving them like reconstructing smiles so that they can actually get on their feet and go out there and literally just do things like eat, right? I'm sure everyone has seen like the tooth makeovers that they've done on like Queer Eye. It's literally life-changing. It is totally life-changing. My mom, she got a smile makeover and it was life-changing for her. And I think that's why she was so honest about taking care of our teeth, at least just brushing our teeth and flossing our teeth growing up. But like the change that you can see when somebody's smile is altered in even the most minimal way is so helpful. So I understand this charity is a good thing. But Patrick's like, if I'm unhoused, perhaps getting a smile makeover is like the number two thing on my list. No, totally. But also to this charity's point, like, you know, it gives them the confidence to interview for jobs. You know, I I get I get it. The name needs to go. (laughs) Let's rebrand. Let's rebrand that. But speaking of like perfect teeth or perfect smiles, We have been seeing so much chatter on TikTok, on social media, everywhere about veneers. Seems like everyone in Hollywood has veneers. Everyone's got veneers. I have been fascinated about not only these people flying to different countries and getting gremlin teeth and then getting these veneers and then the dentist popping up and being like, yeah, so your teeth are destroyed. And in 10 years, you're going to have to obviously get new veneers, but like your actual gums, jaw, the mass in your mouth will be completely destroyed. It's going to like ruin your entire mouth, which I was horrified by. Young people. They're in their 20s. So we're like, IDK, this seems problematic. Maybe we should talk to an expert about this, especially because, you know, we talk a lot about facial aging. We just had Dr. Karam on the podcast who talked about the three pillars of facial aging. And one of those things is the lower third of your face. And when you're noticing aging in the lower third of your face, chances are it's affected by what's going on in your mouth, your gums, your teeth, the whole shebang. So we thought, let's talk to Dr. Appa. He better Appa his way over (laughs) an Appa a day. (laughs) Literally. Keeps the other bad veneers away. Yeah, keeps the ceramic work away. Okay, yes, all of those things. Okay, so Dr. Michael Appa, DDS, has offices in New York, Dubai, and LA, soon to be coming to Miami. He is a aesthetic dentist with a global clientele, and it says, As an industry pioneer, he transformed the world of cosmetic dentistry with his innovative approach to hand-layered porcelain veneers known as facial aesthetic design that ensures no two smiles are alike. See, that's what we were talking about. It's not copy-paste. We all can't be Julia Roberts. Yep. So rather, each extraordinarily natural and expertly crafted smile is tailored to enhance a patient's unique face. His signature style and award-winning results inspired a counterculture of aesthetic dentistry, a practice that draws the highest level of talent from around the globe and a star-studded patient roster. So he's been doing cosmetic dentistry for decades at this point. We just asked him everything that we need to know about not only how our teeth age and what to expect from that, but veneers. If you're thinking about getting veneers, just know that this is an elective 
luxury out-of-pocket expense. Yeah, no insurance is going to be letting you get these handcrafted ceramics. That he is literally flying his team of ceramicists from L.A. to New York to Dubai to Miami on his private jet to create these custom veneers for these celebrities and regular people who can afford it. Because Kirby, how much is it, by the way? Oh, it's expensive. It's expensive as F. I like laugh, like thinking I could afford this. I was like, oh yeah, maybe I'll talk to them about getting veneers. Like maybe I'll give, I don't need veneers by the way, but like maybe I'll talk about, fam, I will not be getting veneers. Just letting you guys know. I will be living with these teeth for the rest of my life. These are my teeth and these are, I mean, unless I hit the lottery anytime soon. But we asked his team for pricing, give us a ballpark. And it's $5,000 per tooth. Or another way to interpret it is $50,000 per arch. Wowie, wowie. Okay. And according to that Esquire interview that he did, say you have 16 teeth, which a lot of people have, (laughs) that you want to get, you know, custom veneers for, that's like $80,000 for your smile. Yeah. I mean, in this interview, he says, like, you will most likely get like 16 to 20 teeth done. That's like almost a down payment on a house, people. In L.A. Yeah, in L.A. That's wild. Or Austin at this point or anywhere at this point. I wish he could disclose like who is going to him. But I know there's some real housewives. There's a lot of people who are walking in there with their hoodie over their head and then going upstairs to Dr. Diamond's to get their face worked on. And then they escape through the private exit so no one can see them. But here's the thing, too. Dr. Appa really is like Lux creme de la creme, highfalutin expert, right? I know that some people get veneers and they're not nearly as expensive as Dr. Appa's situation. However, it's still an expense. It's not something that you can just roll in somewhere and be like, great, let me get these for $5,000. That's not how it works. So I just want to caution everybody. (laughs) Right, right, right. I think this is just a really good episode to listen if you are, like Kirby said, interested in veneers, curious what the process is. For example, I didn't really think about the fact that you have to replace them at some point. So then, you know, if you're going to talk to Appa's, that's, you know, another 80K in 20 years. But yeah, I think like he is very passionate about this. I really appreciated his point of view. I think everyone will learn a lot from Dr. Appa. Sarah, I feel like this day has finally come because, well, first of all, you make the sleekest toothbrush I've ever used in my entire life. Congratulations. Thank you. It's absolutely fabulous. I'll give you another one gifted if you can guess what the shape of the toothbrush is supposed to be modeled after. It looks like an orb. It doesn't look like Wally. It looks like, what's Wally's friend? Even like when you walk into your office in Beverly Hills, Dr. Appa, everything feels like I'm in the future, like I'm not of this time. It's a water drop. So if you put the cap on the toothbrush, it's supposed (laughs) to be a drop of water. He's like, no dummies. That makes sense. It's very, very sleek. And I like displaying it on my vanity. 
That's the purpose. And obviously to be functional, but why not make it good looking? Agreed. Agreed. So we have been eagerly awaiting the day we could get Dr. Appa. Because first of all, this man is traveling around the world at any given moment. Okay. New York, LA, Florida, Dubai, the exotic land of Florida. It may be soon. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So we have you on. We are beyond thrilled because we're just huge fans. We've been into your office. We've had the most delightful teeth cleanings, teeth bleachings of our lives. Charlene is our... She's boss. She's boss. Absolutely adore that woman. One thing that Sarah and I both talked about after going into your offices, again, super futuristic, you guys have your own lab, essentially, in your office where you are hand-making veneers for people, which I have literally never seen in my entire life. It is truly an art form. My mouth was agape the whole time we were getting the tour of just how precise and how detailed these incredibly, incredibly thin veneers are. I did not expect them to be as thin as they are. Yeah. And so this got our juices flowing. We're like, let's do a veneers episode. We see it all over social media. We talk a lot about how every celebrity, if it looks like they've taken 10 years off their face, they probably just got a set of veneers. And also, Dr. Appa, there's a lot of bad veneers out there. I think more bad than good. Correct. Yes. So we need you to help educate everyone on like, if this is the journey that they want to take, what they need to be doing and looking out for. I'm here to educate. So can we just start off with how our teeth age as we get older? Like, what are some things we start to notice? Okay. Number one thing, your teeth are the foundation for the lower third of your face. So if you think of someone who has a denture and they take it out of their mouth, their whole face collapses. What's happening to everyone, unfortunately, is you're getting to not having the denture in your mouth. So clenching, grinding, let's just take it one step further. Even when your dentist, and this is how innocuous dentistry is and why it needs to be so precise, but even if your dentist puts that tooth in the back of your mouth and then does the tap, 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 and then grinds, you're grinding your bite down a little bit. And I'll give you a metric to think about this. One millimeter here translates to three millimeters in the front of your mouth because your jaw works on a hinge, right? So if you lose one millimeter of tooth structure in your molars, you're losing three in the front of your mouth. So your lip have no place to go. A lot of people don't have their back teeth. So they've lost eight millimeters and they have nothing to support in the front of their mouth. So, you know, that is the most, I would say, dramatic thing that's happening to your teeth. But for people in their 20s and 30s, what's happening is you're not wearing your retainer from when you had braces, so your teeth are shifting. You don't know why you would ever want to wear a night guard, which in your 20s and 30s is where you're doing most of the kind of habitual grinding and clenching. And then, you know, your teeth are getting dark or they're not dark yet but they're darker to where bleaching really does a big thing for you in your 20s and 30s. It doesn't when you're 40 and 50 and 60, which is nice. Maybe a little chipping and maybe a little shifting. And that's kind of what you're going to see in that time frame. But what that leads into, which 
being 45, I never thought I would ever be 45. It's a scary thing. But, um, you know, you start to see signs of aging, which is shocking. I'm only 45. And I always say this, I could be the best dentist in the world if I was just treating 20-year-olds because I could really educate them on how to not have to get veneers. Okay, so why don't we go right into that? Because, okay, listen, veneers are a privilege, right? It's not something that everybody can afford. Some people may need them, but it's not some a luxury that everybody can have. Right, and, and just before you get off that, not only afford, but maintain. And that is something that people, it's like buying a house. It's not just the price of the house, it's the maintenance or buying a car. It's not just the price of the car, it's maintaining that car, except your teeth, are part of your body. So yeah, it is a luxury. I like haven't even thought about the maintenance part of veneers yet. And now I'm like, oh my God, I have so many questions. Yeah, So many questions. It's kind of like breast implants. Like you get breast implants, but you have to get them replaced. I don't have breast implants, but like my friends that have breast implants, like you have to go get. Every 10 years. Yes, every 10 years. I say that to people and they're like, really? But the difference with breast implants is you pretty much get 15 good years out of them before you even think like, should I change these? With teeth, like you can fall. Your kid, your newborn can, and it's happened a hundred thousand times, which is why I say it, pop his head up and hit you right in the bottom of the chin and smash your veneers. You know, some people like drinking out of glass bottles, the amount of glass bottles that have just tinged the front tooth I mean, I could give you a million examples, but the point is, is like, you know, they are functional art, right? But they're also utilitarian, like they're serving a purpose. And that is to like, get your nutrients down. You said if you were going to just speak to 20 year olds about how to keep their teeth from, you know, getting veneers, what would you be saying to them? Number one, like everyone would have that lingual wire bonded on the inside of their teeth post braces and it would stay there forever. I mean, maybe it gets changed in maintenance to be cleaned and you know, you get a new one. But as soon as that thing comes off, teeth start to shift. And the lower front four shifting are what cause all the problems in your mouth because it pushes out a front tooth, it creates wear, it creates collapse, so on and so forth. So number one is I would keep those wires bonded on. Number two, I would really look at in your 20s, who really needs a night guard? I see kids. I have one downstairs right now. He's 22. His teeth are half the size they were when he was 15. Like he's just blowing through his teeth. Now, honestly, in today's world, there's a lot more medications and things that can cause excessive tooth grinding, aka Adderall, which is everyone's drug of choice. And what do they call Gen Z? Yeah, Gen Z. That's a dangerous thing because you're just sifting away your teeth. It's like butter. Fillings and cavities and the importance of going to see a dentist. Like, look, most of my patients, now not all, you know, obviously I have 20-year-olds. I have 20-year-olds that already have destroyed teeth though. But most of my patients, I would say, are in the late 30s to 60s age range. You know, they span, like I have 90-year-olds getting veneers and I have, you know, 18-year-olds getting veneers. As long as there is 
the conversation of, are you going to take care of them and the importance of seeing me and then making sure, again, like you said earlier, it is a luxury and you have to be able to afford to maintain them. And if you cannot, you should not even think about doing this. There are all their alternatives. Of course, like anything, there are alternatives to Ferraris and they're called like Toyotas. I mean, they're still cars. It doesn't mean that you can't have a car. Like you can still have good, clean dentistry and get the most out of your teeth. But like when we talk about veneers, we're talking about Bentley, we're talking about, you know, luxury cars. They're perfectly safe. And in fact, if they're done well, they're solving a lot of problems in a patient's mouth from a dental perspective. So they're solving grinding issues. They're solving chipping issues. They're solving collapse, which I was talking about earlier. And of course, they're solving a host of cosmetic issues, which we can talk about solve a lot of self-esteem issues that change the way that you approach life. I mean, I've seen it firsthand a lot. You know, people's main insecurity, it's like, you know, 30 pounds overweight and always being insecure about it. And I can talk about this because I was an overweight kid and like, you know, small things like playing basketball, shirts and skins, I I would be like, nah, I don't want to play because I didn't want to wonder if I was going to be skins. Those little things, if I can still remember it, it sticks with me. So doing someone's teeth and taking that insecurity away instantly is as dramatic as taking the 30 pounds off me at 15 years old to be able to do the things that I wanted to do with my friends. There's a whole host of things that it can do. So I think the question is, how do you get it to a point where it becomes more affordable, not only to get it and to maintain it, to where more people can really enjoy it and reap the benefits of it. And you guys can stop me anytime, but one of those things is, is education. And that's kind of what we're trying to do, both at an academic level, but also I think some social media platforms, I'm not gonna say we're educating people on the procedure in social media platforms, but I am gonna say that we're educating the consumer on what it should be. The amount of questions that I get about plastic surgeons or dermatologists or, you know, you're finding out so much more and it's becoming so much more popular because you're starting to see good work versus bad work and people are at least have an inkling to say when they're going into these consultations, let me see your work. Let me see your, you know, your Instagram page is basically your calling card. I mean, I don't know if people even go to websites anymore, which is what they used to do when I was coming up. It was press, editorial, and then it was websites. And even with websites, it was really hard. Like a lot of people weren't showing before and after. So it's hard to see someone's work. And so the only thing you're getting is a recommendation from a friend or a feel from the person when you're in there. And now you can see everything. And I think that with good, clean cosmetic procedures being so abundant on social media, you have a point of reference to say, I like this, I don't like this. And real quick, so veneers for the most part are are like an out-of-pocket expense. Like this is not something that insurance typically covers. Correct. Okay. What's a pipeline towards veneers? Like, or is there anything that you're doing before we, you finally are like, okay, listen, the only option is veneers? Yeah. So with those 20-year-old teeth, a lot of kids don't wear 
retainers, right? So by the time they're out of school, out of college, or out of grad school, they're mid-20s, their teeth have shifted, and they're on their way to grinding things and breaking things. A second round of ortho done properly, whether it's Invisalign or straight brackets and wires, and you can put them on the insides of your teeth today so that they're not on, you know, you don't have the train tracks on the outside. Sarah had those. Oh, yeah? On the inside. Yes, I had Inbrace and they were great. They were a great option. And they're a great option because you can't take them off, right? So Invisalign is a great tool, but a lot of people don't understand that Invisalign is a company. It's not a treatment. It's a company that's selling a product to dentists. Unfortunately, to probably, you know, and I hate to say this because I'm probably going to get banned by all Invisalign things, but what do I care? I don't do Invisalign. It's a product that's sold to general dentists to add on services. So everyone that comes in, you should do Invisalign. You should do Invisalign. Oh, you're thinking about veneers? Do Invisalign first. That's like the worst thing you can do, right? Because now you've moved your teeth and you're going to create some rebound effect that even after, if I do veneers, your teeth are going to shift because you're going to be like, oh, I have veneers now. I don't need to worry about wearing my retainers. Or worse is you put the Invisalign in for two months and you start the shifting to happen because your teeth are loosening up. And then you're like, oh, this stinks. I'm not wearing these Invisalign trays. And you just rip them off and you never go back to them. Or you put them in at night and you're like, oh, I'm going to squeeze them in and they're going to fit. <laughs> and your teeth are going this way. Do you think a night guard is essential for every person? I'll put it to you this way. If every person wore a night guard, every person would have nicer teeth. Okay. I wear a night guard because I grind. You can probably see it. I have a very strong masseter muscle right here. You do. So literally for almost a decade, I have worn a night guard to shield my teeth. Do I look hideous? Yes. Can you not go to sleep without it? Probably yes. That's the thing. Like I need to have it now. If I don't have it in my mouth, I don't get a good night's sleep at all. I have to have it. So big proponent of a personalized, custom-made night guard. Not a boiling bite. Because <laughs> those also are just really uncomfortable. They don't feel good. Dr. Appa, you mentioned, you know, a lot of 20-year-olds grinding their teeth. Maybe some of that is linked to, you know, the Adderall usage. Maybe a lot of it's linked to stress. You know, we've heard so much about all these people who have been grinding their teeth because of like COVID stress over the last couple of years. Are you seeing a lot more patients now who have experienced that like tooth shrinkage <laughs> because of the grinding? Listen, before COVID, there was the Vietnam War. I mean, this is the world, right? If you are in a big city, especially, and you're living your best life, you're grinding your teeth or you're clenching your teeth. It just depends on your skeletal structure. So as much as it might catch headlines, I mean, COVID stinks. Like, let's not take anything away from that. And it definitely, I think, permanently changed a lot of things in our world and definitely made people, some people crazier. But crazy's always been around. I mean, I've ground my teeth. I'm 45. I've ground my teeth since I'm... Uh, 15. And I grew up in upstate New York. So I don't think it's more. I just think that it's part of life. 
and it'll continue. Okay, let's talk about the veneers process. So say I come into you and you're like, Kirby, you are a candidate for veneers. Walk me through what I'm going to experience, what I'm doing pre, during, and post, and what that process is like. Okay. So the first thing about veneers is everyone gets very nervous before they come in that day. And so nervous that a lot of people just straight up cancel. And they'll be like, I was exposed to COVID. I, I can't make it. Do you want to reschedule? I don't know. But it's like canceling, you know, it's a surgery. And you should think of it that way. However, it's a surgery and you should think of it that way. But it is restorative dentistry. And what that means is if you've gone to a dentist, gotten a needle, and he's done or she's done a filling on you, you've done veneers. It's the same thing. Rather than composite or gold or silver, we're using porcelain. And rather than a filling in the center of your tooth, we're putting it on the front of your tooth. We're still getting you numb. We're still drilling, much less. And we're still using some material to restore your tooth. It just happens to be a veneer. Now, it shouldn't get confused as a cosmetic procedure. It's a restorative procedure with a cosmetic outcome if it's done well. Sometimes not. Sometimes it's worse. But what to be prepared for? You know, it depends on how much you're doing, but we typically see patients that come in and we're doing their full mouth. So minimum 10 teeth, but usually 20. So top and bottom in those appointments, they come into our office and you've seen the ideas, how do you separate them from the procedure to keep them calm and awake for four hours. Because what I am doing in someone's mouth is sculpting, right? And so it's only gonna be as good as the patient allows me. If they're jumping all around and they're nervous and they wanna get out of the chair because it's like, I can't deal with this anymore, it's gonna be a struggle and it's gonna be a bad experience. So we give gas, we give edibles, we give Xanax, we give, movies and headphones. You know, I hate, I hate a lot of things, but I hate dental offices. They're like, we have spa-like amenities. Are you, are you kidding me? I don't want my feet being rubbed and my mouth being penetrated at the same time. It's like the two most vulnerable spots in someone's body. It's like, does my breath smell and do my feet stink? And I don't want both of those things exposed at the same time. So ours is not to be spa-like, it's to dissociate you from the procedure. I want you in your own zone. And sometimes it's in my zone. You know, sometimes people want to hear the music I'm playing and they want to be in my zone and I can get them there. You know, then we're picking music for the patient, whether it's Coldplay or something like that, that's like a little, not transy, but like it's a little out there to where you'll zone out. Once we get you in that state, it's four hours, I'm shaping the teeth and I'm doing all of that heavy lifting and designing in that first visit. First of all, I'm figuring out your bite. We're figuring out all of your old bad restorations that need to come out or stay. And we're planning how your mouth is supposed to function in relation to your face. It's a lot. So it's intense on our end. And then we have to get precise records of everything we've done. And that's the dentistry part. And then I need you for another hour after that's done just to sculpt the temporaries into looking like teeth that complement your face. And so I guess the difference 
between our office and maybe some others is others are using outside labs to bring in that design and they're basically just plugging it in. And there's perfectly symmetrical teeth in a human face that is not symmetrical and it just looks out of whack, right? What we're doing is like making it fit into your face. And so once that's done, you're sore at best, you're tired because you've, you know, it's intense and you're numb and you go home and you drool and you take maybe some Advil, but it's a nothing burger in terms of it's not getting your breasts done where you're on general anesthesia and you have weeks of healing and you can't work out. It's not that. It's just that day. The following day, you feel quite good. Maybe a little sore where you got the injections, but you have your kind of first look at your temporaries. And to some, it freaks people out and they need time to really, you know, let it sink in. And to others, they're super related. And it's just, it's our job or or your dentist's job to figure out where you are on that spectrum, but it's still changeable. And that's the most important part for patients to understand so they don't panic. We can still change the color. We can still change the shape. We can still adjust your bite. We can still, you know, it's a rough cut. And we were at it for, you know, sometimes six hours and we need a second look. Like, you know, when I used to sculpt and when I used to paint, a really good painter will do as much as they can until they're exhausted. And then they'll come back the next day and they'll see like, oh, I need this here. And that's really the point from our perspective, why we bring patients back. But it's also to get the patient's feedback on what they like and don't like. Is it too long, too short, too round, too square, too whatever? And then we have the ability to really customize it one more time so that they can say like, okay, I'm in love with this. And then we take records and that goes to the lab and they go living their life for the next two to three weeks in temporaries. And so what is living your life in temporaries like? It's like the feeling of having braces on because it's one piece on top and one piece on the bottom. It's composite, which is like a white tooth colored material. And it pulls on your teeth kind of like braces and it feels tight, right? Your diet is restricted in terms of you're not eating caramel corn or curry, but you're eating pretty much anything with a fork and knife to the back of your mouth. And you're going to work, you're working out, you're living normal life. And it's more of an annoyance than pain or an issue. And then the lab takes the mold of what we've done in the mouth and brings it to life in ceramic. When the patient comes back in three weeks, it's getting them numb, taking off the temporaries, bonding all the permanent veneers in, adjusting their bite, and then they become a patient of our practice. So they do their cleanings here, we do all their general dentistry, and we look after them. And that's really the whole procedure. So it's a couple of weeks, long processes in the chair. I think some people are going, oh, I saw a TikTok of these women who like flew across the world and got monster goblin teeth and then got these veneers adhered to those. That is terrifying to me. Yeah. What do they look like underneath when they're sitting in your chair? Here's the truth. It's not a recognized specialty from the American Dental Association. I mean, even if it was, it doesn't matter, which means an orthodontist has to go through three years of postgraduate and then become board certified by some standard of care and then can put orthodontist on their front door. Someone who does Invisalign does not. And so you get a huge amount of problems with how people are using Invisalign to treat patients as general dentists. The same thing is true with cosmetic dentistry. 
you do not need a certain certificate or any standardization to do cosmetic dentistry. You just need a dental license. And unfortunately, I graduated with 380 dental students. I probably let 5% of them treat me. And that's a reality. And you have to understand that. And not everybody wants to be a practicing dentist, and that's fine. But there are some that are good and some not so good. And so when you see that stuff on TikTok, and I did something about it on my Instagram, but essentially they are just taking young people's teeth, which is what I saw, cutting them into pegs because they wanted their lab to be able to have room to make whatever straight, perfect teeth they wanted. And that's not really the process. That's just butchering someone, right? If you go to a good facial plastic surgeon and they're gonna do your nose, they're working within the realm of what your nose is and they're making it better so that you can still breathe, right? If you have a really wide bridge on your nose, they can't just narrow it to nothing or else you won't be able to breathe. And I've seen it happen, but it doesn't mean that that's what the procedure is. That's a bad nose job. I mean, maybe it looks nice for that person, but if you can't breathe, it's a bad nose job. And with cosmetic dentistry, it's very similar. Like in my vision, mother nature's always gonna do it best. I'm just trying to you know, complement small little things. So we're looking at where the teeth are currently, where we think they need to be, and then we're shaping essentially for the room that's needed for porcelain. And what does that mean? If your teeth are small and in and they need to be out because you don't see your teeth, you barely have to shape your teeth at all. If your teeth are huge and sticking out and crooked, to get them in and straight, you gotta cut them a lot. So in those cases, maybe you use orthodontia first to pull them back, and that way you don't have to cut them so much. But we're planning on using thin ceramics to make it look real, whereas those doctors are just cutting a bunch of tooth structure off so they have no restrictions from their lab when their lab is making the veneers. There's just no planning involved. So are people bringing in photos of maybe what their teeth looked like when they were younger or even like photos of celebrities' teeth? You know, like, oh my God, I love this person's teeth. Is there any way that you could make me, give me their smile? Like, what are their expectations here? If a patient brings in a clear photo of what their teeth looked like when 15 years ago. That is my dream patient. They're on the same wavelength as me. If a patient brings me in her 60s a picture of when she was 25 and I can't, it's so blurry that I can't see anything and she's saying that she wants to look like this again, that is a red flag. And if a patient brings in a picture of a celebrity's teeth, I'm just annoyed. I am just annoyed because they came to the wrong person. They should go to Turkey or wherever they went to get those veneers. I shouldn't say Turkey. I have a lot of good friends and a lot of good dentists there in Turkey, but you get my point. I'm pretty sure the one girl that went viral went to Turkey. So you're not far off. Yeah. Okay. But that's really the point. I want to treat smart consumers because it's less headache because they've actually done their research. They know the risks. They know the benefits. And they want something that's really good and they appreciate it. So that means they understand that they, you know, if I went to my 
salon to get my haircut and I brought a picture of Brad Pitt and said, like, give me Brad Pitt's haircut, he'd be like, well, you're receding and you don't have Brad Pitt's hairline, so you're not getting Brad Pitt's hair. It's the same thing. It's a one of one. I say it all the time. That's the beauty and that's doing it well is being able to see the person and bring something out in their teeth that's going to make them look and feel better. If you want a celebrity's teeth, go to the celebrity dentist. It's not me. Like, it's just not me. I want to touch back on the maintenance part. So let's say your patient goes through, they're super happy with their set of veneers. You said that, you know, they're now a patient of your practice. They're going to you for the cleanings and stuff. How long will like a good set of veneers last? And does someone have to ever get like a new pair? Obviously, like not the chipping on the glass bottle and stuff, but like, you know, over time, like with where, what does that look like? So it's when you're younger and your teeth are healthier and you don't have a lot of dentistry in your mouth. And again, I'm generalizing because some young people have a lot of dentistry in their mouth, but let's just say you have solid, healthy teeth and you did veneers in your thirties, you'll get 20 years out of them, but you will have to replace every single one of them. Anything that goes into your mouth, crown, filling, veneer, whatever has to be replaced in health. Now, do people keep silver fillings in their mouth for 40 years and brag about how they've never had a problem with the silver filling? Yes. But one day they bite down on a piece of pizza and their whole tooth crumbles and they wonder why. Because underneath, microscopically, it's getting soft and you're getting cavity and it needs to be changed, cleaned, and replaced. So veneers are the same thing. However, I think with veneers, you should be a little better about coming to the dentist regularly than if you did not have them. You know, the pandemic is a great exercise for people that didn't go for two years and what that looks like in someone's mouth just because they were paranoid to go anywhere. But, you know, shifting happens, oral hygiene falls off, people get depressed. You know, there's a million reasons in the world to not be taking care of yourself. But with veneers, there's got to be consistency. Like our best patients that get 20 years out of them without problems are coming two to three times a year, every year. Perfection. Okay. Do you have any do's and don'ts for veneers? Like, is there anything where you're like, absolutely stop doing this once you get your veneers, avoid Coca-Cola, like lay it out? The only real don't that I have is um, biting your nails and opening things with your teeth because it's the number one thing to chip real teeth and it's the number one thing to chip veneers. Biting your nails, biting the skin around your fingers or opening something like a straw with your teeth you'll slip. And when they clang together is where the ceramic fractures. We wanted to do a five things I would never do as a cosmetic dentist. Five things I would never do. Number one, I would never overcut someone's teeth. What does that mean? Oh, like the turkey patient that's overprepare, overcut their teeth. Okay. So no goblin teeth with Dr. Appa. I would never treat someone if they come in with a picture of another person's teeth. I don't care if it's a celebrity or not. Even if they come in with my Instagram and they try to show it to me, it's a huge red flag. I would never let someone else finish my work. It's a big question that I get all the time. People say, do you do your own work? Of course I do. From start to finish. I'm a control freak. 
And the last thing is, I know it's only four. I guess I can count. I would never, oh, I'll give you two. I would never bleach teeth before doing veneers ever. And the reason being is because the bleach dulls down and then your veneers go on top and they dull themselves. And honestly, I would almost never, in very rare cases, but almost never give someone orthodontia before doing veneers. Because it might, they might move back? Because they'll shift and people don't hear me when I say like, now you need to wear retention or else you're going to break your veneers. And they're like, mm-hmm. I just wanted to mention too, both Kirby and I have, you know, gone to get our teeth cleaned. Like the experience is just the best experience ever. And you were just talking about you hate the spa-like amenities, which they are not like spa-like amenities, but I do appreciate all of the options, the kin slips, the headphones, the like, t- it's just the most comfortable experience. And for me, I'm not someone that is scared of dent. Like I've, I've always looked forward to going to dentists. Maybe that's because I never got braces growing up and I didn't have that many cavities, but I know so many people who are like deathly afraid of the dentist. So if you are, you should go to Dr. Appa's office because it's a lovely experience. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. It should be like star tours. So we want to make a Los Angeles star map of places to go in LA when you visit. We need to put Dr. Appa right there because you're in the same building as Dr. Jason Diamond, right? Yeah. Oh, so we could just hit two spots, like one and two. A wham, bam, thank you, (laughs) ma'am. Okay, Dr. Appa. So where can everybody find you? Where can they buy this fabulous toothbrush should they want to buy it? and everything else you want people to know about you and your practice. So we are in New York, LA, Dubai, and we're building out Miami right now. We'll be there probably mid-2022. And the products, we have a full line of products, which if you haven't experienced all of them, we should get some over to you. They're on appabeauty.com and they're in a lot of other retailers. And uh, yeah, that's about it. And what's your Instagram? It's Dr. Appa spelled out. D-O-C-T-O-R-A-P-A. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Appa. All right, that's it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will be back on Tuesday with the week's most buzzy beauty news. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify so you don't miss any breaking beauty news or product reviews. And if you want to support us, be sure to follow us at Gloss Angeles Pod on all platforms and join our Facebook group. Plus, find every product we recommend on our website, glossangelespod.com, as well as links to the stories and news we report each week. You can follow us, your hosts, I'm Sarah Tan, that's S-A-R-A-T-A-N, on all social platforms. And I'm Kirby Johnson, K-I-R-B-I-E, on all social platforms. Los Angeles was created by us, Kirby Johnson and Sarah Tan. It's part of the ACAST network and licensed by Vice Media Group. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.